Hey, my name's Emma. Hey, my name's Maddie. And you're listening to The Pilot's Pandemic. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to this week's episode of The Pilot's Pandemic. You're here with your host, Emma, and our lovely co-host, Maddie. What's up, guys? And today we are here joined by the founders of Airfare Pouch, Justin and Jeremy. You guys can go ahead and say what's up. What's up, guys? Justin here, uh, co-founder of Airfare. Usually would be coming to you live from L.A., but currently in South Florida, actually. What's up? Thanks for having us on. Hi, Jeremy. I'm coming to you from Boston, where we are currently headquartered. And awesome to be here and talk to you both again. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to get into it. Thanks for joining us, guys. Yeah, thanks, guys. So I'm going to start out today with the very first question and just kind of wanted to cover how we know airfare um, and how we kind of got acquainted with Jeremy and Justin. Um, It started with me in, we talked about this right before the podcast because we were trying to figure out when it happened, but it was the beginning of 2020, right before the pandemic started. And I had stumbled upon airfare pouch, probably from an Instagram post that I saw, but I was really interested in what you guys were offering and so I've worked with both Jeremy and Justin for the past couple of years and decided this would be such a great um, people to have on our podcast to talk about your product because it's serving so much of cabin crew and now general aviation. So you guys are going to a lot of general aviation um, airports and events. So um, yeah. with that, we just kind of want to, because you guys aren't pilots, what drove you both to want to serve the aviation community with um, your product air for a pouch. Uh, yeah. Um, and I know Jeremy, I'll have a, well, first of all, thank you, uh, Maddie. And thanks for making that initial connection. Um, mm-hmm. I think you've, you've referred us some business over, over the past couple of years and you've been really supportive. So definitely appreciate that. Um, um and emma we we newly met but looking forward to uh to getting getting uh to know you better and and talking especially today so anyway so your question was we aren't pilots what are we doing uh in the pilot community (laughs) um basically and it's a good question uh because that wasn't our initial plan honestly um so initially you know we we both came into this because we were flying a lot as passengers and I was specifically, you know, for years flying like 100,000 miles a year for wow. um, my job uh, as an attorney. And um, so I was flying a lot and I'm kind of, uh, I also do some health writing. I'm sort of a health nerd. And so, yeah, so I, I kind of uh, realized, well, it's, it's kind of challenging to, to eat healthy. Um, but anyway, um, the first, so the first people I was thinking about when I was like, you know what, I can actually try to fix this problem 
Um, I can make it easier to eat healthy on the go, which is sort of our, that's a plug uh, on our, uh, <laughs> our sort of mission. Um, it, you know, I was thinking about people who fly a lot like me. You know, I wasn't thinking about, because I think about myself a lot. I wasn't thinking about, uh, you know, pilots. And um, it turned out that when, especially when the pandemic hit, but even before the pandemic, um, you know, I flew a lot, but not even close to as much as, a, you know, a normal pilot or, or flight attendant would. And we just got a bunch of outreach from people in that field. And, and Jeremy and I kind of looked at each other and we're like, oh, well, this makes a lot of sense. They're flying, you know, four or five days a week. And it's much harder, you know, it, it, when you're coming into a hotel at, at midnight or whatever, and you got to be out the next day at, at 7 a.m., uh, it's much harder to find healthy stuff. So that's kind of how we got more directed towards crew is that it just seemed like a larger need from that side. Would you say that's right, Jer? Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, the, the further back story is that uh, Justin lived with on the same floor as my wife at the University of Maryland. Um, and that's how I met Justin. So we, we were friends from college. He asked me to join this business um, very early on when he was trying to solve a problem for travelers, like he said. And, um, you know, we just watched as we went to market with a pouch of healthy snacks meant to make it easy to travel. Um, the community that was the most vocal and seemed like they really needed this were flight crew, primarily pilots. And before we started recording, Maddie was telling us a story of her day, you know, yesterday moving around California from stop to stop trying to, you know, get to a destination. And it just, we kept seeing that, that need. Um, so with the goal of trying to help in general, busy people eat better when they're traveling, um, we figured the, the best place to start uh, were the people trying for help, I guess, the loudest. Um, and that seemed to be uh, you know, one of the communities doing that was, was flight crew. Awesome. So I wanted to ask you how y'all married the two ideas together, but you kind of explained then. So I wanted to ask, you know, what was the first step of creating this business? Cause I know that creating a business isn't easy, but I imagine the logistics behind this is pretty difficult. So what was the first step that y'all took? Yeah. Well, I yeah, it's interesting because it it start it, our mentality is really to try something, see what the, our actual customers and what the market does with it, and then um, and kind of iterate from there. So the logistics at first were not that complicated. We had four snacks, you couldn't pick from them, and we were sending them out uh, to people that were ordering these pouches, travelers, flight crew, everyone. And as we learned what what people wanted which were cool snacks from all over that they hadn't heard of, the ability to choose them. We started primarily, Justin did a lot of the legwork to look around the country for these great boutique snack makers that were not adding any sugars, oils, additives to their snacks. And um, we slowly added more and more snacks and kind of the monthly subscription piece. So as the business evolved and we learned um, what what pilots, what flight crew really needed to make their day easier and healthier. The logistics became more, more complicated and we have been figuring it out as we've gone, uh, you know, to that since then and continue to do that. Do you agree? 
Yeah, I mean, I will say just uh, even before we got to the point of four snacks, um, I mean, if you want to say, you know, for, for, for 15 seconds on really what it was like to start the business in the very beginning, I mean, you have two, you have at least me um, completely like non-technical uh, founders trying to start a website. So, I mean, it was literally uh, me and like Jeremy and I going back and forth, both have full-time jobs going back and forth, like on weekends, kind of, all right, Hey, I put in 90 minutes, you know, I try, I started the Shopify site and, you know, I, you know, figured X, Y, and Z out. And then it was like, um, you know, whether it was like me trying to figure out, uh, believe it or not, guys, I'm not a huge, uh, Instagram, uh, person, um, like social media wise, personally, I have no activity at all on Instagram basically. And I didn't have any, like I had no idea how to, how to do anything. Mm-hmm. And so like one of the things I had to learn for this, for this company was like how to actually use Instagram. I'm not kidding. Like Jeremy was explaining yeah. to me the most <laughs> basic features of Instagram. Like I was a 60 year old man. I'd be like, Justin, and, uh, that one as a story, not, not on your feed. And then <laughs> right. I, get a, I get a blank stare back on that one. I was like, okay, I'd you're like, going to be a social story? media manager for years to come. <laughs> right. Oh, right. And the funny thing is, is now like I do, a, I do a lot. I'm like active on our social media. I would say I'm more active, right, Jer? Oh, totally. um, between the you two of us. And I, well. and I know, <laughs> I know, I knew literally nothing. So, I mean, when, when, it, you know, the, the, I guess the greater answer though, I think uh, I, I was thinking that one of the things you were trying to figure out is like, what at the very beginning, like, what does it look like? It honestly looked uh, really very basic, small steps yeah. um, okay. accumulated over time. Like over the course of a year, we would go back and forth with each other until we had a working website and like a sort of a social media page and, you know, just okay. very basic things that it feels like they're easy to do. But when you're trying to like kind of form a new thing and it's a side and it's on the side and you don't really know if you're that confident in it and things like that it can take like a lot of just will to just like get yourself to do stuff especially stuff you don't (laughs) well yeah I mean especially stuff you don't even want to do like I don't like I don't like I don't enjoy necessarily social media I mean I, I do I like doing it now for airfare because I just uh I like to work on the business in general but in the beginning, like, I'm not a website guy. I don't, I don't want to try to figure out a website. Like, same thing with social media. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. That, that's a long way of, or longer than intended way of saying uh, it's basically doing a lot of things that, like, very tedious things that maybe you don't know how to do. Um, and then just trying to get them up and running in some fashion. Yeah, one of the things that I love that you guys did when you first started out was that you were contacting pilots like you were like, yeah, we want to talk to Jesse because we really want to see like what their days like what happens in the airline world because you guys aren't pilots it was hard for you to kind of grasp like what a line holder looked like someone who had a regular schedule um, or what reserve looked like so that you could kind of get a look at what it is like to be a pilot on the go and so I really admire you for that because you guys spent a long time at least with Jesse and it may be because my husband loves to talk a lot but I remember you guys be on the phone with him for like 90 minutes yeah we couldn't get him off the phone no <laughs> he wouldn't shut his trap <laughs> no, he, uh, he was very very generous of his time with us uh but Jared I mean you've you've probably talked to more people on the phone than I have I mean we still we still recognize that this is not our life and we're really 
um, helping uh, a, a group of people that um, we've gotten to know. But if we look back a few years, I didn't know. The fun, one of the funnier parts was the words pilots would use. I remember when Jesse said line oh. and I like wrote it down, like ask someone what that means. To now where like the biggest, you know, the biggest snack plan we have uh, right now that, that a customer can get is called the full line. And we have continued, I think, to try to be as close to customers um, as we can. And for us, that means flight crew um, from Jesse to we were in Nashville at the uh, Women in, Asia, in Aviation International Conference two weeks ago. And it was awesome to meet some of the, some of Airfare's members that had their snacks with them. And um, like even last weekend, I learned what the little scrambled egg symbols on the captain's hats means, mean and the number of stripes on the arms. Um, it's little things like that that uh, I think have really helped Justin and I appreciate what the life is like and make what we're doing, the, the snacks, the way we do shipping, the way the website is, the features we include um, actually appeal and help the people that we're trying to serve. Yeah, pilots just like they have their own language and it does take a little while to like grasp what they're talking about because it's all like acronyms and just like <laughs> weird shit. Like, and the only reason I really was accustomed to that is because I work for the airline. And so obviously, I had had it down, but still some of the things he says, I'm like, I am so lost. This is like a foreign language to me. Um, yeah. I will brings- say though, it's been a really accepting community. Like to have oh, yeah. two non-pilots, non-aviators um, come in and ask a bunch of very basic questions. And, you know, yes, we sometimes have free snacks to trade you in, in exchange for five minutes of a, of a conversation, but <laughs> I've been really impressed by just how willing people are to talk and teach um, and it's been really cool to get to know the, you know, hundreds or thousands of people that we've talked to over the years. Yeah, that's, um, that's good to hear. And I, and I think it's true, like aviation is such a small community. So, you know, when you start to dive into it and if you come at it from helping the pilots, like they just, they love that. Um, and so I love to hear that you are saying they're welcoming. Cause that's how I feel about it. Like aviation's like really one big family, but that brings me to my next question. And I'll have Jeremy start with this one, but or if he wants to, but what are the pain points that you've run into with pilots and like, maybe their aversion to eating healthy, because definitely when I was in aviation wellness and doing and working with pilots and their fitness and their health, like I did come across people, pilots, especially who were not really keen on eating like anything labeled vegan or, you know, like non-GMO. So how do you kind of get them to buy into airfare rather than like maybe like buying quest bar or something like that yeah sure uh i'd say there's a few buckets there of kind of the the type of thinking or the mindset behind why it might be a transition to order from us now there are the pilots that as soon as they see us the company the brand they're they get it immediately they say yes i need this to on, on the sits when i'm in the hotel late when i don't have you know when there's no meal when I'm on day four of, of a trip. Um, there's plenty of people that get it immediately. There's two kind of two, two camps primarily that I've seen though that um, it's it's a, a little bit of a, a discussion and, and there's a barrier I think maybe to overcome in some way. One is what you're describing which is as much as the healthy nutritious community around you know foods and snacking and beverages the whole thing has come a long way. I think there's still some legacy thinking that it's not that good 
um, or it's not that healthy. So people see vegan snacks or healthy snacks and they don't think they're gonna like them. Justin and I have done a lot of in-person events and one of my favorite moments is when you see someone taste like a bear bar from California, which is kale, red pepper, cashews, lemon juice. And they're like, damn, this is good. And we don't let any snacks in our assortment of more than 50 that we don't think are delicious. Um, so there, I think there are in general people and certainly pilots that eating healthy um, as much as they want to, uh, they don't want to give up the, the kind of enjoyment of eating. And we're, we're trying to include only really delicious options so that we can overcome that. Um, the second one is just the behavior change that, that goes into this. A lot of the pilots we talk to are used to either prepping at home. Uh, so they go to the grocery store or they make their own snacks. Then they bring on, you know, you both know, separate bags, separate piece of luggage that's got Tupperwares and, and all their healthy stuff in there. Um, and that, you know, from going to prepping to have to being able to order stuff at your house, it's kind of a different behavior that once we, once they're uh, in, in the door, you know, once they're a member, um, I think they find a lot of new snacks they wouldn't see and they get to love it. But that's certainly something that um, is, is a bit of a change, I think, in the routine. And um, yeah, I think just generally the, the kind of day-to-day -day bringing with you something that you've ordered before is a bit of a new behavior uh, that in general that we you know see and and watch people overcome and it's rewarding but it's not something that automatically I think sinks in there's probably thir a third and fourth bucket there too just to fill in the gaps where I'm missing well I mean I would say that um, I was kind of thinking that um, if if there is uh, an aversion to healthy like typically the people that that do first I'll say that most of our members and I was surprised to find this um, uh, especially when we started doing, like you were saying, Maddie, uh, talking to all of our customers on the phone, we started talking to people. What we realized is like most of them aren't kind of like, you know, like kind of health nut, you know, uh, super plant-based people. Um, I mean, all of our snacks are plant-based, but that's not what our customers look like. It more looks like people that want a healthier option. Uh, they want they to either eat a little bit better than they have been or they just want like that kind of option. Um, uh, and, and if it's good enough tasting, right. That's like kind of their stipulation. Um, for people who have like aversion, complete aversion to healthy eating, or like they're not looking to eat healthier. I would, I would say in that case, it's, it's really probably not for them. You know, that that's probably mm -hmm. a whole bucket of people that, and that's okay. Right. I mean, this isn't, we're not saying this is for everyone. We're not saying, I mean, we've, you noted that, that we've been getting a little bit into general aviation and we have, and one of the, one of the pieces of resistance from uh, say jet companies um, is something like, well, you know, some people, people do, people like M&Ms and we're like, look, we're not trying to get you to get rid of M&Ms. Just, just also have, you know, these uh, kale chips as an option, right? Like yes. don't, you don't have to get rid of the M&Ms. You can keep the M&Ms and the Cheetos or whatever you want. Just so defensive. The, right. I was like for the for the 30% or whatever, or the 50%, hopefully one day, but maybe the 25% of people who want the healthier option just have this also available. Um, and kind of so that that would be my answer to like if you have a straight up aversion. Um, although I am I am like pleasantly surprised, uh, you know, when when we're in conference, when we we have the opportunity to have people try stuff without them having to buy it, they usually are surprised at how much they like 
even you know healthy things like like kale chips like healthy sounding things um and uh the second thing you, you say is uh like what would what, why would they have it over a quest bar um yeah. that that just goes down to um you know what what you're looking for in the food you're eating uh some people won't care about the difference um and uh, you know i'm not going to say that that quest bar is a, a bad product I, mean, I think they're one of the better uh if you're looking for like kind of a whey protein uh sort of pr like whey protein bar i mean i think it, it it's been one of the better options for the past 10 or 15 years um but uh what we have i mean it, all of our products it's all um all the ingredients are real food so there is no like protein isolate um they're just they're all made from whole food ingredients and there's um there's also no sweetener so there's no sweetener of any kind other than whole fruit so there might be date in something um but there wouldn't be like fruit juice and there wouldn't be stevia or anything like that or honey um so that would be the difference uh that doesn't necessarily make a difference to a lot of people um so for those people it wouldn't be it would just be a different kind of thing um and for the people that were the that did make a difference, you know, that we, we would point that out, just the, the, the differences. I am giggling about what you said about the M&Ms. I'm sorry. That just, <laughs> well, some people like M&Ms, true, but if you're like me, you can't eat M&Ms all the time or else you'll turn into an M&M. Um, but literally, as a student pilot, I have relied so much on prepackaged snacks for cross-country flying, and there really aren't, like, there just aren't options, simply put. There really aren't options. And if you want a good option, you're going to have to go somewhere like Whole Foods. And for a lot of people, I don't live near a Whole Foods, nor can I afford Whole Foods. It's like you got to pay $10 for one snack and then you got to buy like, you know, four of them. But so that's why I just, I don't know. I really like Airfare Pouch. When I got the box, I was like, dude, this is perfect. You have so many things to choose from. And like you were just talking about with the ingredients, that's a big one for me. I like to be able to read the ingredients and be able to pronounce every single word. I think that should just be a staple piece across all food. But I wanted to ask you, how does the package system work for you guys? So like if somebody were to go and order airfare right now, yeah, the experience we hope on the site is uh, is extremely easy. Um, there's an option, so we have fifty more than fifty snacks, um, and we're always adding more from these little boutique snack makers around North America. And ordering it is on our website airfarepouch.com. You can order one time um, a, a box of of snacks or a pouch of snacks, or what we have a lot of our pilots doing um, that that have a line and kind of predictably need these uh, healthy options to, to fill the gaps in their schedule. Um, they are on a monthly membership plan, which is obviously cheaper on a kind of a first snack basis, but it allows them to go on and every month pick the ones they want. Um, they can give us feedback on what they like and don't like. And we, of course, replace anything that they didn't like and just send them something new to try. Uh, and a lot of our members are uh, every month they, you know, say have a box of 25. That's the full line plan I mentioned before, and they can go on pick the ones they want. It comes uh, predictably uh, one, you know, once a month and they can throw them in their bag. And uh, we're trying to always make it easier to, uh, to, to get the ones you want, give us feedback on the ones that you like and don't. And um, 
we're always looking around for new snacks too. So it's really um, e-commerce at its finest right now. Although exciting stuff for us is we're more and more going to have a presence um, in kind of different ways that aren't ordering online before. So working with some fixed base operators to have the snacks in the pilots lounges um, available there on uh, charter and private jets for, for crew and passengers to have access to there. And then, I mean, our vision eventually is that you will go on a commercial airline and right next to, uh, you know, on the cart next to the popcorners and um, M&Ms and Bif Biscoff cookies, there will be snacks that we're providing that are, are um, much healthier and another option definitely there for, for flight crew and then also there for passengers too. Yes, I love that so much. That's um, honestly why I found you guys in the first place because I would hate ordering any food off the plane. Like at least um, the airline that I usually fly is getting better, but I still don't think it's there. And one of the things that I really love about the snacks that you guys have is that there isn't any... Um, things that cause you to have allergies. So no, at least for me, the ones that we ordered, they don't have like soy or anything because I get skin irritations. And I think for women, this happens more, but it's something that we don't really think about like later in life, like as we age, like things happen to us where our gut changes. And so mm -hmm. we don't need like all these fillers and things because they cause us to have like reactions. And for me, I get a lot of rashes from food that has a bunch of like fillers and stuff in it or things that I can't read. So that is really what I appreciate so much about your brand is that I know everything that's in it. I know that it's going to be healthy for my husband, which also helps his quality of life and helps him fly better and stay doing the job that he loves. So very important thing that you guys do. Um, but I kind of wanted to ask you, I know that I don't have any issues with like vegan products or anything because I was vegan at one time and now I'm vegetarian, but kind of how did you guys land on having all vegan products and what is like your principles that you go by or that you derived to come up with airfare? Uh, yeah, um, good, good question. So um, the reason that the, the ultimate reason we went with all plant-based products is because um, the theory is that everyone could, could stand to eat more fruits and veggies and nuts and seeds. Um, and, and you know, obviously unless you're allergic to nuts and seeds. Um, but, uh, so, you know, eat, eat outside of that, right. If you're, if you're, if you're eating milk and merit, uh, meat, meat and milk and, and whatever, great, fine. Um, this is kind of viewed as, um, sort of the thing that basically everyone can eat. Um, and the way we came up with, um, the way we came up with like, what goes into like, what are the, the, the criteria for including a snack in the pouch is, um, essentially going with the, the world health organization's definition, um, which is, you know, no added, no added sweeteners or oils, just adding the things that they said, ah, which are, you know, generally, um, Fruits, you know, fruits, veggies, whole grains, legumes, nuts, and seeds. Um, so that that makes up basically the ingredients of all the snacks, and um, with with nothing else added in. And that's that's basically what it has to be. So each snack can't have any added sweet. Like uh, I'll, I'll repeat it real quick: is each snack there's no added sugar or sweetener. So that includes things like syrups and honey. Uh, as well as added sugar. The only thing that that does make any of the snacks sweet is fruit, whole fruit uh, based ingredients. 
Uh, so no fruit juice, for instance. There's not like juice, it's not like apple juice, sweetened cranberries. It's just like cranberries, for example. Um, so that that's one aspect. There's also no added oils, um, which can kind of just into snacks add you know unwanted calories, or if they're like having to be cooked um, at high heats, that can all that can also be an issue. So um, no added oils. Um, all the ingredients are made of uh, real food. They're also gluten-free um, and they're plant-based. So of course, they're also dairy-free, um, egg-free. And uh, that's, that's how we choose. And, they, oh, and then the, the last piece of criteria is that they have to be delicious. Um, <laughs> so they, like you can't, you like, there's no, yeah. I mean, you can't, you have to, people, m most people have to like them. Now, of course, like the reason, the whole reason we have more than 50 and we're going to eventually get to hundred snacks is that um you know certain people don't like certain things right uh i don't like for instance personally i don't do well digestively with coconut for whatever reason um but we have coconut in a decent amount of products i just don't get those but it's fine because i had there's so many options i can easily avoid those and still have tons of variety um similar things go for a few allergies or people just certain people just don't like certain snacks for instance we have um, this one product that I, I particularly like a lot, um, these snacking avocados from this cool company called Ernest Eats in, uh, in San Diego. And it can be a little bit shocking to some people when they eat it at first. And Ernest Eats actually says the same thing because it's like freeze dried avocado, which is not a common thing that you're eating. You know, usually avocado has like a mushy texture. This is like the opposite. So it's kind of a, but then some people love it immediately. So there's like some polarizing snacks. So I kind of, we kind of like the fact that there is that. Um, and uh, I just want to, I just want to make clear, I don't know if, if this came up earlier, just for the listeners, um, these snacks, like we don't make any of the snacks ourselves. We're getting, we're going and sourcing these. We're finding these little boutique companies. Um, I'm looking at one now, it's called Earthy Crunchy. It's a company out of uh, Massachusetts. Where is it exactly in Massachusetts, yeah. Chair? Middleton, Mass. It's like a suburb of, of Boston out here. So Middleton, Massachusetts. Um, Ashley Stevens, she's a CEO. She's like great and just makes these like what I think are like the best kale chips I've ever had. Um, and um, so we're finding these little kind of boutique companies because it's, it's sort of hard to find uh, products uh, that don't that, that meet all the criteria I just listed um and are and are kind of like continuing to grow and things like that so I just want to make that clear it's so um, true because I just I'm just gonna say like I remember when you guys were like oh we're doing like a giveaway if you guys can find a snack that ha like meets all the criteria and I remember thinking like oh I think I found one you're like it has too much sugar and I was like shoot <laughs> like it's kind of hard to find those things it's and hard so I congratulate you guys for that because even I like look at labels all the time. I was like, Oh, I think I found one. Nope. <laughs> so Maddie, I, I think it, Justin deserves a lot of credit here and he's always been um, a notch depends how you look at it above or below me in terms of the, the how healthy <laughs> he, yeah. so like Justin is a lowercase V vegan and has been for quite some time. He, like he said, he has a blog about nutrition. He has read and written a lot about it. And I've learned a lot from him before and after airfare. Um, I am a, I always describe myself as an aspiring uh, vegetarian. I, 
I eat any animal, I eat anything that had a mother like maybe once a month. I'll probably, I hope to be vegetarian in the next, only in the next year or so. Yeah. Um, but the, the kind of premise when we started this, the plant-based, no additives, all real ingredients, that was really the foundation of the vision. And it came from the, from the place of, um, it's all you, it's all we need to, to get the essential nutrients basically, and have an incredibly well-rounded diet. There's a great book that I think we both read called how not to die written by two doctors and their, uh, their recommended diet is, is, you know, very close to what our, our approach here of whole, whole real food ingredients, um, plants and, and not much else. And, um, I, I think we've, like you're saying, like you both suggested, we've found so many snacks that we love and we look at the back and it looks good, but we find one thing, coconut aminos or a little bit of something added that is not just a real plant, um, that we, we really draw a hard line, um, and, and don't slip below that. And it's been, um, kind of disheartening sometimes, but once we found a dozen and then 30 and then 50, and now we know we're going to get to a hundred and more, um, there are those options out there. They're all really delicious. And I think having this as one of our principles that you can have four snacks, 700 calories, like 20 grams of protein and fiber and feel really great on a day in the air without uh, eating anything that was ever alive and anything that you can't pronounce or anything that um, was added for strictly for flavor. Um, I think once we found that that was really possible and we got the feedback that a lot of our customers, pilots, and others uh, agreed with us and liked it. It started to reinforce itself that this is very doable and uh, kind of a great way to to be healthy um, when you're traveling. Yeah, you guys have definitely set like a high bar for your snacks. I was just gonna say, y'all have set a new standard, and it it should be that way, you know. And I'm glad that more and more things like this are starting to become accessible and seeing it be so accessible for the aviation community is awesome. But speaking of the aviation community, mm -hmm. this last year and this year, I've seen you guys really, you know, getting your foot in the aviation community door and really aligning yourself with the general aviation side of aviation. Um, what was the mindset behind that approach? Uh, yeah, well, okay. I, I, I just wanted to add one more thing. First of all, thanks, Jared, for the credit. Uh, I'm not sure how much is new, but but I appreciate it. Um, I do want to say one more thing, and I'm, I definitely want to answer the general aviation question. Um, one more thing that, that just might help people understand how we came to the idea of, uh, of like, of the, the criteria. The other thing uh, that in terms of, like, the sweeteners and, and things added in, um, you know, there was this whole movement like with like the cliff bars of the world uh, in the 90s and like which was very important for the for like getting from basically eating like just straight up junk to um, sort of what they called the better for you food, better for you snacks. Mm -hmm. um, and the distinction we want to make is, no, we want we, we, we use our hashtag. I know you know it, uh, Maddie, which is like actually healthy. That's like the hashtag we use, sort of tongue in cheek. But we're also serious. Like, I don't want to eat better for me things. I don't want to eat like, you know, puffs that are just not as bad as Cheetos. I want to eat healthy food, um, right? Like the, the ingredients in the snacks I eat. Like, why can't 
they just be healthy and good. And that's kind of what the, our premise is, is that it doesn't have to be better for you. It can just be good for you. Um, the snacks you eat. Anyway, just wanted to throw that yeah. in there. No, I think that's um, important. I think that's important. Like I said, with setting a standard, like that it should be just that, that it is actually healthy for you. Um, my boyfriend is a little bit of a health nut. So I've gotten into a habit of always reading the um, ingredients on every single product. And once you start doing that, it's, yeah, game over. Your you life will back. really change. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go back. You can't unsee him. Yes, um, exactly. So, yeah. So anyway, I wanted to just add that in there because it, it helps in the distinction. I, I think there was a progression from like bad to like better. And now, and I'm, and we're trying to set the standard for, for like actually Best. good. Um, well, you know, um, you said it, not us, um, <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll take it. Um, no. So general aviation, how we got into it. Um, one thing, one thing that you find when you start dealing with uh, in commercial um, is that, you know, it's, there's a lot of, it, these are huge businesses, you know? Um, and especially during the pandemic, there's not, there's not like a lot of, uh, well, first of all, it's, it's, it's hard to get the communication going, but we do, we have gotten some, fortunately, um, with a decent amount of airlines, including Alaska, as mentioned earlier. Um, but there, you know, it's kind of like a slow ball and private aviation just has the advantage of being a little bit more agile, you know, a little smaller, um, and more reachable. Um, so that, that's one um, aspect of it. And, and if you wanted to get into say like an airport, uh, or an airline, there's a, there's a big process behind that, you know, getting yeah. something on board or getting something in an airport, there's RFPs, you gotta, you know, you gotta, you, you have to uh, go through this whole proposal process and, um, it, it, you know, it, and we're in those, like, we're, we're starting to go through those processes, um, and talk to the right people. But there's that that just takes some time. And when you're a startup like us and you're trying to gain some traction, um, that can be a little bit slow uh, and a little bit frustrating. And you want to sort of expand where you're going. Um, so just just as like a, from a, just a business aspect, you can talk to people at the heads of, you know, um, at, of FBOs, uh, you know, which. I'm assuming that everyone in your list, I don't know if, if everyone knows what those are, but they're, yes. they're fixed-based yes. fixed operators. They're sort of, okay, so everyone would know, yeah. yeah. Right, so it's these these kind of more private airports uh, in, in a manner, and they, um, you know, you can make deals with them much faster. Um, so that's one thing. The other thing is that, you know, general aviation, um, whether whether you're going and dealing with the, the, the jet company or the FBO um, or the pilots, it's still pilots flying frequently, right? So they're still having similar needs to commercial. Um, and it kind of happened that not only did our, we kind of have this grassroots effect where our customers are saying, oh, you know, you should try to, you should talk to X, Y, and Z at these different businesses. That's happened on both sides of the dial. It just, it just so happens that things have happened faster in, in private. Uh, the last thing I'll say, and I'll toss over to Jeremy, is that um, this past, you know, when we really started getting in a, a lot more active, started in December, really, um, you know, just a few months ago. And one of the ways was we were sort of um, sampling and or, or even running like, like literal like retail little shops, pop-up shops 
in various FBOs in Florida, actually, specifically. Um, so there were a couple events. There was like a Tampa Bay Bucks playoff game. And, and we just saw like a lot of, we saw a lot of good, a lot of success from that. Um, so, you know, jet, jet companies would come by, oh my God, I got to get these in my plane or another person from another FBO would come by, oh my God, you got to, you got to come to this event or a training event came by. Um, and that's, that led to a lot of opportunities. So we said, oh, okay, this is like, this is a good place, uh, to operate out of. Yeah, I think, I think you nailed it just, and I'm, I'm curious what Maddie and, uh, Emma's take on what I'm going to say is, but something we've learned through are the events we've done and talking to people in these different uh, kind of spaces within aviation is that the problem of staying healthy and feeling good when you're flying is a definite, urgent, important problem for crew. As you get farther from those people and into larger and larger companies, it's less and less of a problem. And one of the things that I remember learning when we were talking to some, uh, some of our kind of through people at, at Logan Airport here in Boston was that, um, I won't mention the airline, but one of the large commercial airlines doesn't pay for the Wi-Fi for its flight attendants, which was surprising to me that flight attendants have to pay for their own Wi-Fi on their employer's airplane. Um, and so that was like an interesting signal, I thought, that uh, as much as a lot of the uh, larger airlines stay, uh, they care about their uh, crew wellness, and they do care about their crew wellness, they've got huge problems that they're trying to solve with staffing and, and just everything that goes into running an airline and, and keeping passengers and crew happy. So these kind of smaller companies, whether it's charter company, an FBO, there, you know, there's so many little niches within aviation that we've um, tentacled our way into and learned about and made connections in. Um, I think they're just they're closer to the problem itself than um, you know the head of operations or the head of HR or someone at one of these large general aviation commercial airlines um, that I think does very much want to help its crew uh, stay healthy and, and feel good and show up to work and they do that through per diems and a bunch of other kind of programs that are in place. Uh, it just feels like that will be a longer longer play. And in five years, three years, I mean, I, just, I know Justin probably wants me to say in, in six months, <laughs> we would love the Deltas United, the large, the big airlines um, to really embrace this and offer what we're doing or something similar out there to help their pilots and flight attendants and crew. Um, but I think it's, it's a longer time horizon than some of the other uh, spaces in aviation, which is why we've seen this kind of quicker ball rolling, like Justin mentioned, and some early successes uh, in these other spaces that are, that are a little smaller. Yeah, we, uh, Emma and I are on the same note on that. Like we, we do a lot of complaining about companies and how they don't take care of their employees. Um, and you've, you're definitely right. Like the time that I've been uh, married to my husband, obviously, and, and even been in the airlines, like there has been a change in, in providing healthier snacks, but I don't think they're at your guys's level. Definitely not. Um, so in, in, like you said, like it's going to take a, a while, wish it could be in six months, but I doubt that, um, everything's very slow and, and with the pilot shortage, they're very much focused on that issue, but, um, you guys definitely hit the nail on the head with that one where, the bigger the company is, the less that they are going to be invested in your wellness. So 
um, I kind of wanted to dive into how you guys think like food affects your mental health. Um, if you have like a specific story, um, that would be awesome too. But I, I'll kind of start actually, because yesterday was such a chaotic day of travel for me that, um, and I didn't have airfare pouch with me because <laughs> I already ate it. <laughs> and so <laughs> yesterday I was like, oh my God, I feel like crap. So I had to wake up early and this could be likened to like an early morning schedule for an airline person, um, pilot or cam crew. But I went to Palm Springs airport at like 3am. So obviously there's no food available until about five o'clock. Um, so I did end up getting breakfast, but as I was traveling, I had to go by bus and train. And then I was waiting in the airport probably for like five hours. Um, and in these smaller airports, there's not a lot of options for even snacks. Like there's not really anything. So like I ended up getting like sun chips, some trail mix and like not the best trail mix either. <laughs> And, and corn nuts. I got an expired diet Pepsi. It expired in 2020. Um, what? Okay, you're killing it so far, Maddie. This I know. What? I was like, oh, I opened my diet Pepsi and I was like, this tastes like not even. I didn't know Pepsi like expired. Diet. I just learned something on the pilots. You know? I didn't know that either. But see, I like got it was a can, an aluminum can, and I just got it at the train station. There's this hole in the wall place. And then I was drinking it on the train. I'm like, this doesn't even taste like Diet Pepsi. It's just like not even sweet enough. And so I was traveling with my friend and she's like, I think it's expired. So I look at the date and it, it did. It expired in 2020. So I drank half of that and I was like, oh, but okay. So leaning into my question, it's like I, at the end of the day, you guys, I really wasn't feeling great. Like I was just like lethargic, kind of annoyed, frustrated. <laughs> Um, which is how I feel pilots feel after a long day of work. Um, so how do you feel like e eating airfare or just healthy in general affects your mate or your mental health? Um, yeah. I mean, in, in terms of how, like our, you're asking for our experience or what we yeah, think like, about do you in have like a, Yeah. Do you have like a specific story or do you, you know, have friends who have had this happen to them? Like, I know with me, that's my own personal story. Like, yes, it definitely does affect my mental health when I don't eat better. Like if I was eating sun chips every day, I don't think I'd feel great. <laughs> so yeah, um, I mean, I can say that experientially, um, for me, um, it, it, it's been clear ever since I, I really started, I mean, I, like I said before, sort of, uh, been a, been sort of a health nut for, for a while, um, and getting really like deep into research and writing, uh, in, in diet and, uh, behavior. And, um, that's been going on for like the last 10 or 12 years. Um, before that point, I was kind of like, I was very, I was always into fitness because I was uh, an athlete in high school and a little bit in college. And so I was uh, always active and I always kind of thought that it was more like a fitness thing and then diet, like kind of like, you know, make sure you get a lot of protein. And that was kind of like the whole message, especially for, especially for guys, because um, you wanted to like be, you know, really strong and, and, and you know, get, get a lot of muscles and things like that. And they would help you in the field. So that was how I came into it. Um, but then quickly realized that like, even, even if you were just thinking about your body it, it, by itself, diet was like way more than, than I thought way more important than I thought. And I actually came to learn it's 
I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's like 80%. Like you have to do the exercise piece. Like definitely there's a threshold there, like do the exercise, but diet's just so important. And that translated probably even more so, I would say, to um, um, uh, everything, like if you talk about like the brain, everything from like mental health to like mental clarity, like just Mm -hmm. focus, memory, um, alertness. Um, And that, that's like, that was my experience. And then I realized that there's, you know, they're starting to be in the last, especially the last decade, um, a lot of research now going into how much actually that is, uh, that is taking effect. And I've been, uh, you know, I'm, I'm working on uh, some, some writing, uh, writing a book actually. And so I've been looking into a lot of this stuff in the past uh, year or so. Um, and there are an impressive amount of, of studies. A lot of them uh, are associative, but I mean, when you when you look at mental health or you look at uh, you know awareness or memory, um, cognitive performance on on tests, um, uh, you know, compared to healthy compared to not healthy diet, like if you did like a sort of standard American diet um, versus like a Mediterranean kind of diet. Um, and the, the, a lot of the studies are pretty striking. Um, I remember there was like a, there was one, I don't know if you wanted me getting to like, this might be getting too far into the weeds. Is this, am I getting too study-ish on you here? No, I Should love I studies. You have to explain okay. the Mediterranean diet thing. Cause I, we, me and Emma both talk yeah, about like, Mediterranean. <laughs> I love Mediterranean food. I always say you, it's the one thing that you can eat that'll fill you up, but you can keep on moving. Yeah. that's pretty that's a that's a pretty good i would say that's a pretty good uh you might use that. yeah i mean we might use that yeah yeah I may, <laughs> I may take that one i may take that one uh i'll credit you um no but but so uh you know the mediterranean diet like the the traditional mediterranean diet uh they're 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 talking about you know you, you might think of the mediterranean think of these countries like italy and think wait what is that just like all pasta and it's not that it's like more of the, uh, the, the ones like literally on the Mediterranean. Um, and it goes back quite a bit, um, uh, but it, basically when they were there, when, when a couple of, couple of researchers were studying the longest lived civilizations and the, peop- the, so the, the societies with the uh, people that lived the longest and the healthiest lives, and they came out with a bunch of places from all, there's different places all over the world, including like Costa Rica, um, one in California, but also a couple out of the Mediterranean. And what they found was they basically like, you know, they, they move a lot and they're, they have good um, like social connection and they're, they spend a lot of time outside, but also their diets um, were fairly similar where they were eating a lot of, you know, basically only whole foods, not processed, you know, a lot of fruits and veggies, uh, whole grains, legumes, uh, nuts and seeds, you know, olive oil, things like that. Um, and so that, that's the basics for the Mediterranean diet. But, um, I I remember being impressed uh, because a lot of the diet and relationship to mental performance, at least historically, like in the early two thousands has been very associative, meaning like it just shows, you know, people who tend to eat like this tend to think better or tend to not have as much depression. It's not like a, this caused this. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been a lot more studies, uh, more recently. Uh, there was one out of Australia. I think, I think it was 2019 or 20 
a huge one, which was like randomized controlled um, clinical trials, which um, all came out basically on the side of increasing cognitive performance, decreasing cases of anxiety and depression. Um, it, uh, there, there, there was one uh, specifically with, res with respect to, I think it was anxiety and memory um, that was out of Ohio State, I think last year. Um, so there's been a lot in like the last five years even uh, where, where it just showed like kind of the straight up difference, um, both, uh, both uh, just in, in an association way, uh, which is a little looser. Um, so like correlated and then also, uh, in a causative way where, where changing your diet actually led to this different performance. So that was a lot. So I'm I can't, sure. I can't but, match Justin's scientific prowess on this at all. Yeah. Um, so I hope, I hope the listeners are, are taking notes here because I've, like I said earlier, I've learned a lot from it, but I will say to your question, Maddie, that like experientially I've, I've changed things over the years and. I joke about this, but I, I, it's become not a joke. It's like self-fulfilled. Our, our snacks are now 40 to 50% of my diet. Um, it's partially because I really don't eat. I, I've kind of over the last two years, accidentally and then on purpose, um, started to basically intermittent fast, just not eat until noon every day. And that's great for my energy levels. And then the, the snacks, but they don't have to be our snacks, just a light meal of plants that are high in fiber and, and protein and don't are not too many calories, like four to 500 calories in the middle of the day. I feel my ability to focus and um, just stay mentally sharp. Um, I'm, I, I'm happy to be in a really good rhythm, which I think is um, definitely tied to my diet. And there are days when obviously like, like all of us, when Justin and I together or me going somewhere, I'll sacrifice that and I'll celebrate something and go to a steakhouse or I'll have too many beers and not just experientially. I know that what I just put in my body is not doing great for my brain. I feel a little sad or just whatever the negative emotions are and don't feel great. My aura ring or, you know, whatever health tracker, but for me, it's an aura ring. It tells me that my body is not great in the moment that whatever I ate or drank is disrupted um, my general kind of, flow day to day. So um, I think there's a lot of examples for me as a passenger when on travel days, I'm getting up early, like your example, Maddie, from yesterday, when your diet can either kind of help you survive um, a really long day where your schedule is disrupted and you kind of don't have the comforts that you're used to at home, uh, or it just makes it worse and you're having to feel good and try to get work done and be a kind person and be at your best um, and not eat well, and it kind of drags it down even further. So, um, studies aside, which I think we could probably spend the second hour, the four of us just getting really quirky on a lot of the science out there. Um, I think for me, it's been become really clear as I've, um, focused on diet, how much it helps me, uh, just like stay at my best when I'm, when I'm working, when I'm playing, whatever, uh, yeah. and, and I don't have to perform in spite of what I'm doing. Can I, can I just kind of, kind of highlight one thing he said? Sorry, yeah. I just got you off. Yeah, go for it. No, I just want, the, the, the only thing I think, the one thing that I think Jeremy just said that I think was, um, like I think is a crucial point is it, it's, especially when we're talking about just experientially in your, in your life, 
the thing you realize most, I think, um, and, and we both talk about this, especially when I'm there and let's say we're, we're there having like a, a sort of, let's call it a cheat dinner and eating whatever sort of we want, um, is when you stray off it, that's when you really notice. And one of the things that we're trying to do just as a company is make it easier to eat healthy on the go because when you're having, and you want to keep this like on the go lifestyle, you like being a pilot or you like being a frequent traveler, you like being on the move. Um, you don't want, why, why does it have to necessarily get, you know, impossible to keep up your, uh, whether it be mental acuity or just like just overall energy levels and just feeling good, um, in general, it shouldn't have to drop off, right? You should still be able to maintain that. And that's kind of the whole point. So when you really notice it is when you can't, is when you go off of eating healthy and you have a bad day and you're like, Oh God, I don't feel, I don't feel like vibrant, you know? And, and that's when, that's when it comes, it's, it's very apparent. Yeah. Emma, what's, what's your story behind it? We've heard from Maddie and Justin and I give us a time when you, when you've either successfully felt great because of what you've eaten or the flip side. Oh, <laughs> I'm, um, what can we say? Like a, a health, uh, virgin. I'm, I'm in the beginning of my journey. It's an interesting Just way to I, put it. Oh, there's, there's, a whole, there's a whole series of jokes I have now for, I know, I uh, like, for where we're going to go from there, but I'll leave them alone for the podcast. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, I, you know, I've always, I feel like, I mean, health has always definitely been so prevalent in my house. I've spoke about it before on the podcast because my dad was a pilot and we knew that his family kind of had hereditary heart problems. We always ate at home and my mom was constantly cooking at home and it was always like very very healthy meals um so i definitely have a relationship with like healthy eating and healthy food but i will say because i grew up in such a um that that very like shelter like we didn't go out to eat like i just recently in the past year had chilies for the first time um i had longhorn for the first time uh what's the other one like the texas road texas roadhouse yeah, <laughs> like, american now, it sounds like Emma. <laughs> i i've never tried any of those until like this these past two years so i kind of have an interesting relationship where i feel like in a lot of ways it's made me more aware but then again i have more of a craving for like all the healthy junk food kind of stuff because I grew up without it. So like now, because I'm a grown adult and I can buy myself cookies, it's so hard not to buy cookies. <laughs> but the good thing is yeah. I, I like to cook. So I really like cooking healthy meals. Um, I know Maddie, I just made like this gluten-free tres leches cake last week. So I like playing around mm -hmm. and experimenting with baking and cooking um, and being healthy. So I definitely have a relationship with it, but it's something that I strive to be better about. What are some healthy <laughs> rules of the road, so to speak? Where is there like restaurants? Are there any options? Do you guys meal prep? Um, yeah, what are y'all's rules? Uh, Jer, you wanna you want me to go? Yeah, go. Um, you go. I'll, I'll you go. go first quickly, Justin. You can take over because um, I think you probably have a lot to say about this too. I mean, I, I I cook dinner at home a lot, so I'm I'm used to a pretty pretty clean um, and kind of planned and and healthy diet that I that I stick to when I'm on the go um, I try to load up on snacks but we Justin and I don't think 
think that these snacks should replace a well-rounded diet. Like we always say, when you don't have time for a salad, it's great to have an airport pass with you. Um, but we've actually started to publish uh, what we're calling our airport survival guide, which is a look at uh, airports around the country and kind of detailing the popular options, if not popular, the healthy options in each terminal um, for crew and passengers that are passing through. Oh, One thing you cool. said, yeah, yeah, we're, ho we're hoping that, you know, I think we, have, we only have like five or six airports because we've just kind of started, but uh, over time, we'll eventually get to where we have a really nice guide that uh, is available for anyone that wants to try to answer the question you're asking, Emma, for us. Um, the one thing we talked about before that's interesting is uh, we've written about M&M, Mexican and Mediterranean. They both, uh, both types of cuisine are kind of um, rooted in ingredients that are simple, whole, plant-based, and healthy. Things like brown rice and beans and veggies. So in a pinch, um, most restaurants are like, even, even the three you listed, um, Texas Roadhouse, Chili's, and I don't remember the third, but like even <laughs> those three, you could find it. Yes, Longhorn. Long so you could find a salad. You, at, yeah. at most restaurants, there's an option where if you want something good, or like for me, you could, I'm sure they have an Impossible Burger or, um, you know, things that somewhere yeah. on the spectrum of health that you can find. The trickier ones is when you're really in a pinch and there's, you know, an airport terminal that just doesn't have anything that, that presents itself um, that's really healthy. If I think if you know some of the like bottom up rules about, about diet, um, which I've learned a lot through this journey and, and working with Justin as well, um, like you can go to a Chipotle and get a, a bowl of brown rice and black beans and you can add the tofu and just the veggies that aren't aren't seasoned and not add anything on top. And it's really a healthy meal. So yeah. it's almost like summarizing the same rules we would use to make decisions about what snacks we allow in our assortment. If, if we just apply, if I just apply those to how I eat out in the world um, and break them infrequently and only when I'm doing it by choice, uh, it's it helped me kind of stay on the path and not when I am in a, in a pinch on the road, go completely into left field and get, you know, a rack of ribs and fries. Like there's an option that I, that I know that I can lean on. That's not going to be too far off. That's so cool. Y'all really should write a book. <laughs> like y'all need to have like a, a cookbook. Y'all should totally do that next. <laughs> I love the idea. Well, uh, we're, I know Justin's working on one and um, I don't think, I, I think that, at some point in our future, there will be some airfare uh, long form content that we bring to the world. I love it though, because it really, I think one thing that we've spoken about in the past before um, with Joe Mongin, who's a pilot nutritionist. Pilot nutritionist. Like, yeah, yeah. We, we, we talk about her. Yeah. Yeah. She's awesome. But we talk about a lot, like I've, we've discussed with her, how eating healthy, it's it, like, don't call it a diet. You to truly eat healthy, you have to make it a lifestyle. Um, and I think that's the really cool thing about airflow pouch that you just said, Jeremy, that you kind of use those same standards that you've set for the brand and you apply them to your life. Um, so I think that's so cool. And I love brands that are like that. So I think what y'all got is awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, Justin, do you have anything to add to that? Or yeah, no, I, I would I would say that uh, that Jeremy did a good job covering it. When I, I mean, I'm I have a, a kind of specific issue of, of being plant based, which can be 
a bit of a nuisance uh, in uh, publicly. He's a real easy... treat to go out to dinner with, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No one wants me in there. So like th there's a, um, I mean, it's a little bit easier. Like, I, I, you know, I'm based in, in LA and it's, LA is, is kind of the land of the, the plant-based and you can, you, can get, uh, you can get a bunch of healthy options when you're kind of out and about in LA. Um, but when you're on the road, like when I was driving across country, uh, would be a great example from uh, over the pandemic, I drove across the country both ways and went through the South and and then and, and over kind of like the Northern piece and a bunch of the Midwest. Um, and none of these places would be confused with kind of health places, um, you know, but um, you can usually find, you know, you can usually find your way around. It just takes a little bit of effort. Uh, again, you know, uh, why we try to, uh, why we started airfare is, is to try to, for people who aren't, who either don't want to make that effort or are not like exactly sure where to go. Um, that's always there for you, but sometimes you're not going to have airfare, um, even though you should, but sometimes you won't, um, because you already ate it hopefully. And, um, um, yeah, like Jeremy said, we're the first effort we're making there is to. Uh, do this this uh, healthy survival uh, health uh, airport survival guide, which basically yeah lays out breaks down each airport. We just did uh, LaGuardia, for instance. We've done Atlanta and LAX and um, O'Hare, uh, and I think one more right there. Uh, am I missing one? Um, we've done mm -hmm. we've done like four or five uh, so far. We'll probably do you know eventually twenty or fifty airports where you can where we'll list like the five best options what we would order there. When I'm out. Um, I'm always kind of just living in the appetizers and sides, uh, pieces of the menu. Mm -hmm. Um, my dad jokes that like, I'm a, I'm really cheap to go out with cause he just gets like what he gets. And then I just eat his sides. Like that's my meal. Um, so, uh, I mean that, that's kind of the easiest place. There's usually like even, even a roadhouse or something like that will have a side of like mixed veggies usually, um, hopefully. And, um, you know, every, every place will, will have some form of salad. You, you might have to like kind of mix and match. I was just at an airport uh, recently. I was just at the airport at a small airport and, and they didn't, I mean, I couldn't even really do basically the only alteration I could make to the salads they had were just to have just lettuce. So <laughs> there are some places that like you can't get it done. And in those cases, like you always just want to have on you if you're in my situation and you're specifically plant-based and you're trying to eat like fairly strict, uh, you gotta kind of make, you gotta kind of have uh, something prepared. You know, you have, whether it be just like, even just like almonds or some sort of mixed nuts thing in your bag, or if you have a little bit more uh, boutique -y kind of airfare snack, um, like I'm always kind of prepared with that. Uh, and when I'm not, you know, I do my best uh, <laughs> with, with uh sort of just trying to scrounge together some like vegetables in some manner yeah that's how i feel like i have a problem because like i was telling you guys like my allergies um earlier on today but um yeah. like i can't have soy i and so why i had to stop being vegan is because i can't have potato with um wheat and every mm. vegan option has potato or wheat or soy as their protein alternative um mm. So I can't have it. And I also can't have dairy. So I was like, guess I'm eating fish and yeah. eggs now. <laughs> right. I think one thing that Justin and I both kind of hinted at, which we've heard from so many pilots, and I think the, the psychological research bears out too, is that having a set of 
rules that you stick to no matter where you are and that you allow yourself to break with some you know infrequency is what we've heard to be successful for a lot of people even people that are on the go um, and that could be I'm the you know I'm vegetarian I, I never eat meat is uh, or, or it could be you know uh, something as, as strict as like an allergy where you really can't but having rules that you don't have to put yourself in the position to make a decision every time you're hungry or every time you're somewhere where the temptation presents itself. Um, I think for Justin and I, and that's what we found with a lot of pilots, that it, it helps when when you're tired, when you're on day four of a trip or, or the end of a really long month on your line. Um, there's some sense of like knowing where the, the boundaries are of the lane and being able to stick inside them, um, even when the decision is tough, really helps to, to keep, um, you know, on a good diet day. Yeah. I think also just for me, I had a lot of food anxiety when I was vegan, when I first started mm -hmm. being vegan, because I was like, there's literally none of these places have like a vegan option. And, um, Justin, just like you, I'm from Western Washington and there is vegan food abounds. Like I can go anywhere <laughs> and have a vegan option. Uh, but you start moving East. <laughs> it's different. <laughs> so Welcome even to East, the South. Yeah, like Eastern, <laughs> Eastern Washington is the same. It's just like my mom comes over from Eastern Washington. She's like, I'm so jealous of like all the options that you had. But going back to me, like when I first was vegan, obviously now I can't be anymore, but I had a lot of food anxiety. But once I realized, like Jeremy pointed out, you can get rice and beans and add some veggies and you have like a very well-balanced meal, um, then, then I was good. Like I, it just kind of took some getting used to, but having those boundaries also helps you like stay in your lane and stay healthy. So I have my own, but they're also really weird. I'm not a fun person to eat with either. Cause I can eat <laughs> a lot of things. So I, I know she did it. <laughs> she came to North Carolina for the first time. I'm like, Oh yeah, we got to get you some Bojangles girl, get you some fried <laughs> chicken. She's like, I don't eat meat. I was like, damn, well, can we get a bowberry at the bare minimum? <laughs> uh, Maddie didn't want to get a, have a, got a something Bojangles. That's too bad. I know. I know. Next time. Next time. I know. I was totally missing out, but um, that is the end of me like talking about all my food and talking to stuff. I just, I'm really like that you guys like shared that because I think people kind of wonder like, you know, do you follow what you preach? And you guys definitely do. Um, so heading back to like you guys talking about your aviation meetups and kind of the conferences and stuff, um, can you guys give us more insight into what that looks like for you guys? And then what is the next event for both of you that you'll be at? Yeah, I, I will be at, um, I will be at, we will be at, um, the schedulers and dispatchers conference in San Diego. That's uh, um, National Business Association, uh, National Business Aviation Association event um, in San Diego uh, next week. Um, so we'll be there, and you know, there's going to be a bunch of you know, it's general, obviously general aviation, but but a bunch of jet companies and FBOs and things, and and a couple people that we're talking to right now. Um, one one uh, you know chain of FBOs, for instance, that that, you know, is, is interested in potentially getting these into their um, pilot's lounges, maybe even in their uh, lobbies. Um, 
So that is um, the next conference we're going to. Um, and Jeremy, like we, we've been, Jeremy's been doing some stuff with, with uh, you know, at, at Logan with uh, with the commercial airline. Yeah, we, I, I'm, I'm at Logan talking to the, uh, the new hires for Americans, um, uh, flight attendants when they come on after I think 60 days of, of, of training. Um, and then we'll also be also in our neck of the woods up in the Northeast, we'll be at the NGPA's Cape Cod Classic, which is in September um, in Provincetown on, out on Cape Cod, which I think is their kind of big event every year, um, which is really exciting. And then I'm sure there's others that were. Oh, not yeah, I got I got one more. There's uh, the 99s um, uh, Women's Pilot Group. Um, they have an event in Charleston. I, it's, I think it's in July or June or July. Which, Charleston, South Carolina? Yeah, I think in Charleston, South Carolina, the 99s. Oh, we'll have, have to. I'll have to go. I'll have to look into that because we're going to go to um, Bojangles and then we'll hit the conference. It's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> if we go to Bojangles yeah, before, we're all going to be like Carolina. passed out on top of the table. <laughs> like our our blood will be too thick for us to even talk. Um, yes, we will uh, coordinate. And that's in July in Charleston. And I would also put out the call to all of your listeners. If there are conferences or events um, that you'll be at or that you know of that you want to see some healthy snacks at, um, between between sessions, um, shoot a note to Emma and Maddie, and we'll make it happen. We'll be there. Heck yeah, y'all definitely y'all should come to Sun and Fun. So the Sun and Fun is is next week, right? It's the yeah. same week as yeah. this as a schedule as as, as this one that, that in San Diego, uh, or else or else we would have one of our one of the people we've been working a lot with, and hopefully we'll do something bigger with. Um, uh, one of the FBOs we were working with is is going to be there, and they have an FBO there, and they're going to do a little event uh, as well, and and kind of invited us, but we're uh, kind of hamstrung a little bit, um, you know, with a with a with a small team. All right. Well, before we wrap up, which we're going to do some fun questions, um, we kind of just want to, you know, softly launch or softly announce that Airfare will be one of our new sponsorships. We're so excited to be able to work with you guys, but I wanted you to go ahead and like plug the website for Airfare really quick and let the audience know how they can go ahead and get theirs. Yeah, we're excited too. Um, and I would tell all your listeners to head to airfarepouch.com to check us out. And um, you can use the code pilots podcast to get 50% off your first order, uh, which you can customize your snacks from our choice of more than 50. Um, and it's as easy as that. So we'd love you to check us out. And that's how you can do it. All right, y'all heard the man. It's um, full word pilots podcast. And then, do they need to capitalize that? No, I just capitalize it to make it super clear for you. But okay, it's cool. Sensitive. All <laughs> right. Well, you heard the man. Pilots podcast for fifty percent off. We are absolutely stoked and utmost grateful. Um, but Maddie's going to take us into some of our fun questions before we wrap up the show. All righty, guys. So I guess I'll point the first question to Justin. What's a must-have in your carry-on when you're traveling? A must-have in my carry-on? Um, I assume you're talking not non-snack-wise? Yeah, other than airfare, 
Like okay. <laughs> that's that takes up my entire carry on. My my like carry on is a pouch. Like, it's I a got pouch. Air it's, yeah. It's like, what do you mean? I don't have a carry on. I just have the pouch. <laughs> I just have yeah. a pouch. That's what's in it. Um, no, uh, an absolute like crucial item would a uh, couple one crucial item. Am I limited to one here in this in this response? Uh, you can do two if you must. If I if I have to, <laughs> if I have to be so indulgent. Um, yes. um, I would say that the most crucial things are, um, like I said, I, I, I like to I write and like to write, and so I would say my I have like a I have a an iPad that has a keyboard attached to it. Um, so I would say that would be one and I'm going to take the second one you I have to have like my water bottle um mm, okay. so I have a I have like a clean canteen that I take um and I actually like this other um this other product which you guys could look up um called a kinto and it's a it's a tumbler kind of thing it's just it's like this Japanese it's 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 very uh affordable um, really sleek looking kind of water bottle, but it, it keeps, um, it keeps the temperature of the drink either very hot or very cold better than anything I've ever had. And it's kind of like really sleek. Uh, so it's K I N T O. It's like one of my favorite products. Um, so yeah, I got to have those two things, water bottle and the iPad keyboard kind of, uh, deal. What about you, Jeremy? Great, great. I, I also will not say my airfare pouch. And because Justin said, I won't say my 24 ounce hot, cold hydro flask in olive green. You won't say that? Is that what no, you said? You will not, not say not that. Bad. That's <laughs> not what he's saying. I see. No, man. It would be my answer if you hadn't said water bottle. Um, my other answer, and Justin makes fun of me for the size of my backpack because it's like a full go bag where if I needed to survive an apocalypse, I'd have basically everything to get me through a few days in there. Um, I'm going to say my, uh, my eye mask. I have a very simple smoke <laughs> wow. inside black eye mask, which um, in a pinch in the hotel room, or if I need to get some shut eye in on a plane, which I rarely do because I like to use it to work and read. Um, but to me, having the uh, no light and being able to take a quick nap, no matter where I am, is essential on a plane. I like that. Mm. I would have never guessed you for an eye mask person, though. It's new. Honestly. Oh, he's, he is totally. It's new. He's like, it's new. <laughs> it's a new thing for me. We moved into he's a new place in Boston, an eye guy. and we don't have blackout curtains. And the eye mask gives me the option. If I if I want to wake up early with the sun, then the the room's bright. But otherwise, most mornings now, um, I look like a crazy person, and I wear this eye mask. <laughs> That's a great change. I don't know what time it is. If you gave him a third, he would say it was his robe, but it'd be his robe, his eye mask, and if those, if he had another option, but he doesn't. Those are my three. You got it. Do you seriously pack a robe? Because I'm like, my is too bulky for that. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Because I was like, I, if you got to tell me how you pack your robe, because I am a robe. That's our next startup, Maddie. (laughs) Small micro robe company. Robe fair. Count me in. um, I'll I'll invest. All right, you heard it. I'll invest some money in that because I love a robe. Like I could literally, if I didn't have to take my dog outside, right? I don't. If I don't have to go outside, didn't have to take my dog outside, I probably just wear my robe all day long. 
Like I'm that person. (laughs) Sure. You know, when you're, when you're on the go and in public, but also want to wear a robe. Yep. God, that's relatable, relatable. (laughs) Very relatable. All right. So we've lost the audience. (laughs) They're used to us doing this though. We go off on tangents and robes is totally fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) All right, so if y'all need a burst of energy, what's your go-to? And you can't say airfare pouch yeah. or airfare. I'll take this one first. When I need a burst of energy, it's a little counterintuitive. Cucumber I'm, mask? It's, I take out my sleep mask. No, I meditate. Um, oh, my go-to hmm. activity when I, need a, when I need a break or like I'm just feeling low energy is not always to nap, but if I meditate for three minutes or five minutes, I do it a lot on the plane. Um, there's a great, I mean, I think people know of Headspace, the app, but I also use um, Sam Harris's app, Waking Up. Just a small, like, break to reset is, uh, I usually can come out of that feeling pretty good. I don't drink caffeine after noon, so I can't, I don't go to green tea or, or coffee um, unless it's in the morning for my burst of energy. But uh, a, a quick moment of mindfulness, I think, can be very helpful. By you, Justin. Think Jeremy's gonna know mine. If if I if I am, it depends. Like if, if you're saying energy burst, um, ver- like if, if I'm tired, I will take a nap. I take a nap like a lot of days. It's like literally like a ten minute. I'll lay down for ten minutes. I will fall asleep for maybe like no, eight I'm minutes asking. total. Um, no, I'm asking. It's like very quick. Um, but if I'm not like if I don't need to take a nap, if it's not that kind of thing. It's just like I'm kind of stagnant or or whatever, I will uh, almost 100% of the time just go on like a 15 minute walk. Um, Usually outside, one of the advantages of living in Southern California is that you can basically always go outside and it's almost always nice. Um, So even if I didn't, I still do this. Like even when I'm home, like visiting family in Baltimore, I'll do this over the the winter or Thanksgiving or something and it might be cold out or raining. Uh, It doesn't really matter what the weather is outside. I always will go outside take a 10 or 15 or 20 minute walk. And by the time I'm back from that, I'm usually like ready to, ready to go. Yes. I I resonate with that so much. Like I literally, before this, because of yesterday and my travels, like I've been so tired. I was like, I need to go outside just like five minutes even will like, you know, give me some energy. And, And so I went down a walk to go get lunch right before we started recording and it did. I was like boost of energy, but I always go on walks because not only does it give me energy, it gets rid of my anxiety. Nice. Yeah, me yeah. too. Mm. I, I don't have about I, you. What's your What's your energy boost? I feel like I already know. So okay, see, this has like been a really difficult situation because y'all are like so like health and wellness. I'm over here but like also coffee. Give me five hour energy. <laughs> yes, I also <laughs> pound coffee. I do have a coffee sitting here that I already drank. It's my third one today. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, but, though, a kombucha, like, on, like really, yeah. there's nothing that puts more of a pep in my step than a damn kombucha. It gets me not only what is flavor? it like a what flavor? lavender, lavender, anything. Ooh, I like, nice. the, I like <laughs> oh, lavender, man. but I live by um, GT Dave. Like that is my king, king. <laughs> I love that you're just in a lavender. You're drinking flowery kombucha in a robe. That's how I'm imagining you right now. Just Dude, like, you know what's funny is my, just walking my robe, around town. My robe is lavender colored, so it all makes sense. <laughs> We're learning so great. much about you, Emma. This is great. That's, that's so <laughs> good. 
All right. Well, okay. Before I expose myself too much, let's just move on right to the next question. What's your pet peeve about the whole airport experience? Is it check-in, security, boarding, deplaning? What is it? This is my turn to go first. Uh, pet peeve about flying. Um, well, I, I think it's kind of boring for me to answer what it used to be, which is that there's no not a lot of healthy things to eat. That was that was the obviously the um, reason to start this company. Um, besides that, um, what is you know what I don't like, and um, it's it's actually they're getting a lot better about this. I don't love. Um, like a, a lot of times I'm coming there and I'm trying to like do some work, um, in between like flights or something like that, or if I get there early and there, at least there used to be, it just used to be kind of the seats at your gate. Now they're doing a lot better job. I think, uh, at least in some airports and some terminals they're, um, they're coming, you know, they have these like kind of like dedicated places where you can plug in stuff and and have like a little bit more of like a high top counter um, they have various areas you can do that um, but now that they've come out with that it almost has made it worse when they don't have it you know when you like now I have like access to those things and so when they don't have certain things that I expect um, uh, I get kind of like uh, you know I just get I get bummed about that that's you know, like a typical pilot like when they don't get what they're used to it's the same thing oh yeah they're like just? really about their routine there you go um my uh pet peeve about flying my first one is i, I get um i get frustrated yeah i have two that i need to talk about <laughs> one is when the wi-fi doesn't work on the plane and it was a surprise I would rather the airline tell me going in that there might be Wi-Fi issues because I often have a lot queued up to do over two hours online, like working on our blog or updating something on the website or just a million things. And so when I get on and I try to log on and I'm ready to pay, you know, $800 for 60 minutes of Wi-Fi um, <laughs> and it doesn't work, I always get a little disappointed um, and then you have to have the awkward talk with the flight attendant and say, hey, I know there's probably nothing you can do except reset this or hit the button, but it's not working and I'm a little disappointed. Um, I do have a really great form email that I always send to the airlines to express my disappointment over Wi-Fi not working. And they <laughs> love to throw out 5,000 you know, miles every time it happens. Um, but I wish they would set the expectation a little better. And then my second one that I think I've learned to just kind of let wash over me because it's annoying for everyone. The deep planning procedure of watching people in front of you forget their jacket and take the thing down from the overhead and then leave something on the seat. I just think I, I, I have to imagine there's got to be a better way because it's everyone's pet peeve. We all sit there on the plane for an extra 20 minutes waiting for the people in front of us and it's no one's fault. We've all got to get out the same exit but there's got to be a better way. So for all the inventive aviators out there, um, I hope that we focused on making that better for everyone. I feel like during COVID, like they had a cool, like they, when they were doing like sections, like they're like, okay, this row to this row is going to be playing first. It was, you think it was more, better that way. 
I don't know. It's like it felt like it was more organized because mm. like people had to wait because usually typically what happens is the back of the plane it feels like I need to get up to the front as fast as I can because, you know, it takes about 20 minutes to get off if you're in the back. So typically yeah. what happens is like they start running into the middle aisle. Um, and so then they block the people that should be getting up before them. I don't know. It's just it's interesting. Yeah. I feel like when it was organized, like with COVID, where they were like, row four to you know 10 first everybody else sit down and wait like it was more it was quicker that way but honestly I have no clue hmm. I didn't time it I did read they were doing some experience experiments where you board you basically sit like a roller coaster in the terminal you sit you get into your seat and you load your luggage and then they basically push the the whole built section of seating into the side of a plane which is probably way in the future like 30, 50 years. But I, when I saw that, I was like, I want that. I know what you're talking about. That's the plan where they have, like, if anything happens, the whole like passenger yeah. section of the fuselage detaches with a parachute and the pilots just like burn, crash and die. And for themselves. <laughs> that is one of the fun. I know exactly what you're talking about because I see that all the time. And I'm like, this is a great idea, but why isn't there just a secondary parachute? Like, so so funny to me that you they don't couldn't get, include that wi-fi they don't pay for your wi-fi they don't pay for your healthy snacks and they don't even give you a parachute nope nope what about I do, you i do want to say i i'm sorry oh go no go for it justin no i was gonna say that that was actually a struggle for me to think of because i really like i i think jeremy also thinks this Same here. i, I, I really like i really like the airport i love going you to do. fly i love sitting on the airplane I get like, I'm so, I'm like in the zone on an airplane. I like, I like meeting people. I like talking to, I very rarely get frustrated at the airport um, because like a lot of the things that happen, you know, delays and whatever, like I kind of just come to like, that's part of the game, right? Like you're flying through the air, things happen, you know, delays happen. And these are, you know, some of these planes are older, like the Wi-Fi doesn't work. I mean, that, that kind of sucks when you do think it's going to be. But for the most part, I mean, I get like the worst part about flying right now is just that like there's st- they're like the mask requirements and like COVID aspect. Like if there wasn't that, there's just almost nothing. Like I look forward to going to, to really, the airport. Honestly, I'm surprised that you guys didn't say anything about like going through security because that is my biggest. Pet. Well, you're, you're like, talking to two clear members too here, which is I yeah. and it's not bad. I mean, I usually get it get through within five minutes. But still, like, okay, everybody on this podcast, like our followers, they know that I am someone who hates authority. So I think maybe it's that. <laughs> and like the blueberries, they just like try to wield their power over you. Like they they're purpose- assholes. They all are. The time. And I feel like they purposely like try to piss you off because like th- they'll just be like asking you so many questions. I'm like, I've been through this security so many freaking times. Stop asking me questions. Stop asking about my water bottle. And I'll tell them like, yes, I've emptied my water bottle. And they'll ask again. Um, so maybe it's just like my thing with authority. That's a why, but honestly, every time something happens, it's when I bring meal prep with me and it's has to do with my ice packs most of the time. So yeah, I just hate this whole security process. I just feel like even though I have pre-check and it's fast, I still just like get frustrated. Well, it's good to know that even people in aviation still have pet peeves about, about what it's like in security and in the industry. Um, that makes me feel a little better. I do echo what Justin said, though. I also love the experience 
experience of traveling and flying. And as we've been through starting airfare and, and growing this business, we've gotten to know so many of the people and like the human side of it that now all the delays, Justin said it, it's not, it's not the, I've learned so acutely that it's not the fault of the people that are working their asses off to be TSA agents or working in all these, uh, you know, places in the airport or, you know, operating the planes. So, um, even with like, I had a six hour delay in, in Asheville two weeks ago, and it turned out to be a, a pretty decent day. So pet peeves are, are there, but for the most minimum. part, I think we both love it. Yep. Minimal. At a minimum. Yes. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. And like I said, I am like, I'm just so stoked to kick off this partnership with you guys. It's honestly been an inspiration to talk to you both to think it makes me like aware of my own health habits. It makes me want to live like a way healthier lifestyle. And I'm so excited to include airfare into that. Um, but guys, again, if you go on airfare pouches website, you can use our code pilots podcast to get 50% off your first order with them. So again, guys, thank you so much. Thank you guys. Thank you both. It was fabulous to talk to you. We appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much for having us. I like the word sus. I've never heard suspect shortened <laughs> like that. And I'm, I'm going to take that with me. Uh, and um, that's, uh, that's the most memorable piece of this. No, I uh, thank you for having us. It's, it's, it's really been fun.